Thank you for joining us here at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry to change your life. Please take a moment to submit your story to info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc give to find the giving options that work best for you. We have an encouraging word for you, and we pray that you lean in and engage as we head into the auditorium for today's message. I'm going to jump right into the word today. I want to speak to you from the subject, heartburn. Heartburn. Go to Luke chapter 24, and we'll read there in just a few minutes. Um, you know, I, I, I travel quite a bit, so I continually um, eat stuff that is not good for me. I mean, junk food in the airport sounds much better than the salad. And because I eat greasy food, sometimes I have to carry these called Rolaids. And these things help me with heartburn. Sometimes, you know, if, I, if I'm with Pastor Casey, she loves Mexican food. We go to the Mexican food and hit the Mexican buffet and I need this. There are some times that I need this, you know. Sometimes life just gives you heartburn. Now, that's not the heartburn I want to talk to you about today. I want to read Luke chapter 24. The Bible says in verse 13, The same day two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. And they talked and discussed these things. Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their face. Verse 28. By this time they were nearing Emmaus. At the end of the journey, they, Jesus acted as if he was asked where they were going. But they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with them and they sat down to eat. He took bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were open and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? You know, the number one cause of death in America is heart disease. They call it the silent killer. Because many people do not even know they have it. They don't realize their arteries have been uh, clogged or calcified. Many of them do not even realize they're dealing with heart issues until it's too late. They call it the silent killer because it creeps up on you. You know that, that, that muscle the size of a fist that's in your chest that pumps blood throughout your body and your cardiovascular system. But that's really not the heart I want to speak to you about today. But I want to speak to you about the very core of your being, that which all life flows from. Matter of fact, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says this, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Above all else, guard your heart, protect it, because out of it flows the issues of life. And you have to understand that life has ups and downs. It has those moments of jubilation and celebration, but it is also, we find our low points. And you have to guard your heart that in moments of celebration, you do not become prideful. 
And in low moments, you do not find yourself defeated. And you guard your heart, it becomes steady and confident in the journey. Because there are those moments that as we journey together, and as we walk out life together, if we do not watch, we do not allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and deal with our heart issues. From a very young age, we learn about behavior modification. We learn to do the right thing, hoping for the right result. I mean, as our children were babies, as toddlers, we taught them to do the right thing. And we need to do the right thing. In school, we're taught about behavior modification. How if we do not do the right thing, we get punished. Today, you get demerits, detention, old school. I, I, I didn't get detention old school. When I was growing up, they just whap. You know, thank goodness for detention today. I mean, you know, and demerits. Uh, but they, they taught us behavior modifications. The problem with behavior modification, eventually you find yourself slipping. Because most of the time with behavior modification, you do not deal with the root of the problem. You deal with what you see on the surface. I remember growing up, my mother would say, before you go out to clean your room, before you go out to play, you've got to clean your room. And I'm like, oh, if you would have told me in advance, we have like the biggest football game in the yard today. And you want me to clean my room? My room is a mess. And I'll tell you, I'd go in there and I'd shove everything under the bed. I'd put everything in the closet. I'd throw the covers up. And that room looked clean. But my mother was smart enough to look under the bed. My mother knew when she opened the closet to beware because it would collapse on you. My mother was smart enough to realize in 10 minutes I did not clean that room because it was a mess. Here's what you have to understand. The father knows what's under the bed in the closet. He knows what we deal with. He knows the things that we've got covered up. And here's what happens. We find ourselves trying to deal with the issues of our life through behavior modification. And it doesn't work because it only works for a season. But eventually we have to deal with the issues. You know, if I was going to the heart doctor and I was going to, um, to get checked for my heart, he would ask me three questions. Every heart doctor. Now, most of them will ask many more questions, but there are three common questions. You can find these questions in the American Medical Journal. Three things. First, they will ask me about my family history. What am I predisposed to and what have I been exposed to because of generational connection? They would ask me, has your father or your grandfather had heart issues? Has any of your family had high blood pressure? They would ask me, are there anything that you are predisposed to that might cause issues in your heart. I would say this. There are some things that you are pre-exposed to because of generational connection. There are some things that you are pre-exposed to because of relational connection. And because of those connections, there are things you have to guard against. I'm telling you, you don't need to be around bar or alcohol at all. That's a whole nother sermon. Because what it produces is not good. But I will tell you this. If there have been generations of alcoholism in your family, stay away from the bar. If there's issues in your, your home where, where there's been infidelity or there's been these broken places of trust, I'm telling you, watch what you watch. Watch what you let in your feed, in your social media feed. Because you're pre-exposed and there's these generational weaknesses in your life. There's these things that you are pre-exposed to that if you do not watch, it will catch you. What, then they would ask the second would be this, not only my family, has, that's about my diet. What are you eating? Are you eating organically? Are you eating healthy? Are you eating things with grease? And I'm telling you, you can tell which one I pick. <laughs> I'm telling you, airport food is much better in a burger than it is in a salad, you know? 
I mean, but, but, but here's what I mean. Are what you're ingesting healthy? Is it going to be, um, is it going to be allow you to, to, to have a healthy life? And, and I'm telling you, there are things that when you understand how important your diet is and what you take into your life, here's what the scripture says about, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. What a man sows, he will reap. What you allow planted in your life will produce a harvest. If you're producing the right things, it's because you're allowing the right things in. If you're producing the wrong thing, it's because you're allowing the wrong things into your life. And the third he would ask would be this. He would ask about my activity? Am I exercising? You know, I, I was told as I began to travel a lot, two things I need to do. I need to drink a lot of water and I need to walk because sitting on a plane and all of that pressure in your body, especially when you're flying day after day, and this last month I've been all over the country and even out of the country, and he says you need to do two things. You need to drink a lot of water and you need to walk. You need to have circulation. What he's going to ask me is the activity of my life conditioning me to live a long life. And I will tell you this, the activity of your life is very important. That's why coming to church is so important. And I love the gift of online church if you can't make it. If you, you're not able to because of maybe finances or maybe because you don't have a ride or just maybe because of your health. I, I, I'm so glad we have the tool. But just because you want to stay at home, you need to be in church. Because I am telling you, getting around other believers strengthens you. Getting around the gift of other believers, the Bible says we, we, we bless one another, we lift one another, we encourage one another with our worship, with the word in our life. We strengthen and undergird one another. There's something about you being around the people of God. I'm telling you, you have the right activity in your life, it produces the right fruit. You go to the wrong places, you connect to the wrong places, it produces the wrong fruit. This is what Luke chapter 6 verse 45 says says a good man brings good things out of good stored fruit in his heart an evil man brings out evil things of the stored evil in his heart for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of you may have heard it like this out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speak. What is in you will eventually come out of you. So that he would ask me, what's your family history? Are there any things that you are pre-exposed? I pray that if there are any generational curses in your life, in your family, that they are broken in the name of Jesus. And your children and your grandchildren do not have to battle them any longer. We cancel the assignment of divorce that's been on your family. We cancel the assignment of bankruptcy that's been on your family. We cancel the spirit of lack and poverty that have bound generations in your family. We cancel the spirit that has tried to kill, steal, and destroy that is on your family. Well, I believe this, that as you begin to feast upon the things of the word of God and the diet of your spirit is right, that the fruit of the spirit will begin to develop in your life. I pray that as your activity is conducive to a healthy and holy life, that the things of your life will begin to come forth the way God has called them to come forth. Why? Because the influences and the things Things you allow in are so important. Now what we find is there were several disciples of Jesus. They were walking down a road, but here's the setting. They had just been through a tough time. They had just been through a dark time. We find out that Jesus had been crucified. He's risen, but it's just a rumor. They really don't know it to be true. They're wondering. Jerusalem is in chaos. There's a spirit of murder in the air. His disciples are scattered. And they're, they're sad and they're broken. And they're walking and talking and Jesus shows up and begins to walk with them. The Bible says they did not even know it was Jesus. The Father had not allowed them to see who he was. I'm telling you, there are times he is walking with you and you don't even know he's there. 
There are times he's riding in the car with you and you don't even know he's there. There's times he has went before you and you don't even know he's already went into your next season and covered your next season. There are times he is already working and you cannot see him working. The Bible said they're walking and Jesus looks and says, why are you, why are you so intent? What's wrong with you? And the Bible said they looked at Jesus with sadness written across their face. And they said, where have you been? Have you been living under a rock? Do you understand the prophet, Jesus, the one that did all the miracles? He's been crucified. Some say he's risen from the dead, but there's no proof. His body's missing. His plan and his kingdom that we thought was coming, it's over. Because what they thought was, when he talked about a kingdom, they thought that there was going to be this palatial estate arrive and armies rise up and this victorious army move forward. But what they did not realize, the kingdom that he was talking about was a spirit kingdom and he would release it in Acts chapter 2 and they were devastated and they just kept walking and talking and the Bible said that it was getting late, but I love what it said. The Bible said at a late hour when they thought Jesus was going to part, in a dark hour when they thought Jesus was going to part, they cleaned it I'm telling you, that's when you need to cling to Jesus because sometimes it's easy to have faith when things are good. It's easy to have faith when things are overflowing. It's easy to have faith when things are just multiplying and advancing and accelerating. But I'm telling you, in those dark hours where you are all alone, the Bible said they invited him to stay. And this is what the Bible said. He went to their house. The good news is when you leave today, he'll go home with you. When you leave today, he'll go to work with you. When you leave today, he'll go to school with you. When you leave today, he'll go into your everyday world and help you fight your everyday battles. The Bible said he went home with them and he stayed through the night. Now here's what happens. The Bible said as they sat together. The Bible said that something happened the minute that he took a loaf of bread. Chris, if you could go ahead and come to the keys, please. As he took a loaf of bread... The Bible said when he broke the bread, something began to stir. The Bible said when he blessed the bread, something began to happen. And the minute he began to give the bread, their eyes were open. Because there was something about how he broke the bread, how he blessed the bread, and how he gave the bread. There was a pattern that he did over and over and over and over and over and over again. He would do it just as he was getting ready to give them the gift of communion, as we are going to partake of today. It was there, there was a method to it. And the Bible said that as he would take the bread, he would bless the bread, he would break the bread, and he would give the bread. He did this over and over. He never broke the order. Why? Because this is what he would do with his people one day. He would take his people. He would bless his people. He would break his people and he would give his people. And maybe you're walking through the order of the bread right now and maybe you're in a blessing season. I just celebrate every blessing that is coming your way. Maybe you're in a season of breaking right now. I celebrate the breaking season and I empathize in it. But I know every breaking season leads to a giving season because he does not just take you and bless you and break you just to break you. He breaks you to multiply you. When you look back and say, oh, even in the valley of the shadow of death, you are right there. As a matter of fact, I found out I did not have to fear that faith could rise up. I declare goodness and mercy were always with me in that valley. I declare you anointed me for that season and my cup was running over. I may not have seen you in it, but when I look back, I now know that you were right there in the valley 
preparing a table in the presence of my enemies. I'm telling you, that's where you get prophetic and you rise up and declare like David, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and forever and forever. This breaking season is not the last season. This breaking season is not the final season. This breaking season is not the end. It's just the start of a new chapter and a new day. Come on, jump to your feet. This is what they said after their eyes were open. Did not our heart burn within us? We were walking in a sad season, but there was a burning in our heart. This is what they said. As we walked down the road and he shared the scripture. Here's what they said, Gerson. We were walking and we did not even know it was him. But there was a burning in us. It was a season we did not even know how it was going to turn out, but there was a burning in us. It was a season that we did not even know how we were going to end up where we were going. But the minute we saw him break the bread, we knew it was going to be all right. We knew when we saw him bless the bread, it was going to be all right. We knew the minute he snatched up that loaf from the table, it was going to be all right. Why? Because there was an order to the bread. And I'm telling you, it's the order of our life. He not only takes us, he not only blesses us, but he will break you. Because in the breaking is where we find wholeness. He says, it's in the breaking I'm going to deal with all the generational stuff. It's in the breaking I'm going to deal with all the lack and poverty. It's in the breaking that I'm going to build up your faith. It's in, if you'll stay in my hands in the breaking, it's in the breaking I will open your eyes. It's in the breaking I will bring revelation. It's in the breaking I will turn the midnight. It's in the breaking that I will make the crooked place straight. It's in the breaking that I will turn it around. It's in the breaking that I will anoint you for this season. It's in the breaking. Sometimes we want to stay in the blessing, but it's in the breaking. He says, that's where you have to multiply. Because if I keep you intact, but the minute I begin to break you, I can feed the multitudes. Did not our heart burn within us? I'm going to ask the team to go ahead and get ready to lead us into worship. Did not our heart burn within us you know there's there's a kingdom movement that's happening and it's rippling across the land if you've been in this last season here at City Life you sense the worship in this room as it builds you sense as God is beginning to move into this season that we're in but I'm telling you I've traveled all over the United States in the last 30 days I've been across the land I've preached in all kinds of conferences and churches and there's a hunger in the earth just this week at Asbury University. I don't know if you've read about it. A group of students met to pray. And through a prayer meeting, the Holy Spirit showed up. They're in their fifth day, 24 hours a day, every day since then. People are coming from around the nation and being drawn to this little university in Kentucky. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was attracted to hungry people. And there is something about your hunger. I'll tell you what hungry people do. When there's sadness marking them, they just keep walking. When they don't know how the end of the road is going to look, they just keep walking. 
and they keep talking about Jesus. The good news is they were talking and they were sad in their countenance, but the good news is they were talking about Jesus. The good news is they were walking and they did not give up. They just kept moving in the assignment of their life and it wasn't long that that faith attracted Jesus and even when they did not see Jesus there, something began to stir in their heart that just, I believe, made them know that everything was going to be alright as he began to break open the scripture and the scripture became not just information but now it's revelation and the Bible said as he began to break it open and revelation began to come and the minute they saw him grab hold of that bread they knew it was going to be okay their heart began to burn my prayer is you us this house we've got a heart posture to God aligned for his presence I'm going to pray with you and then we're going to worship and then we're going to receive communion today. The moment where Jesus broke the bread once again just before the power of resurrection was released. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Father, that you're working on us, in us, and through us. I'm thankful, Father, that you are resting your presence on this house. Some, Father, we're experiencing blessing beyond what we have ever seen. Others, they're in the middle of the breaking, Father. But every moment and every season has purpose. So, Father, I pray in this season, our hearts would burn. Wherever we find ourselves, our heart would stir. Whatever you're doing in this season, use us. shared it at our Wesley Chapel campus this morning. I remember when me and Pastor Casey came to what was University Church at the time. We were over on the interstate out of the building. And we were growing. The church was growing. And I'm just not talking about numerically. I'm talking about as people. New seasons, new roads. We were all being stretched. And I remember one season. It was just different. We'd come from a church plant where it was all brand new. And, you know, it was just fresh. And, you know, we were walking in this journey with an older congregation that had a lot of history and past seasons. And it was a season where me and Pastor Casey were just heavy. I want to say discouraged, but heavy. And guys, I remember one night we were sitting, flipping through Christian, uh, the channels, and I saw one of our friends, Pastor Jensen Franklin, on Christian television, so I stopped. And I don't watch a whole lot of Christian television, I just, I just don't. And, but I saw him on there, so I tuned in, and and he was sitting with a group of pastors. And one of those pastors was named Bishop Paul Morton. I'd never heard of Bishop Morton at the time. This is years ago. And it was just after the levees of Katrina had broken. And in a moment, Bishop Morton's church was devastated and the lower nights were destroyed. And his congregation dispersed all over the nation. But he talked about when the waters receded and he got back into his church. How he sat on the steps of this once great congregation and now it's just a shell of a building and the people scattered all over the nation. In a moment it seemed to be all gone. 
And he said, as he sat there on those steps, this song began to rise up. He simply said, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, whatever you're doing in this season, please don't do it without me. He said what he didn't realize was this. God was just repositioning congregations all over the United States. He said before long he had a congregation in Houston. Before long he had a congregation in Minnesota. Before long he had a congregation in Atlanta. And he said what in a moment God made his church multi-side. He said I did not even see that. But there comes those moments in your journey. And right there in that living room. Long before City Life Church. Long before we ever moved. Long before all the big transformation and multiplication. Right there in that. room I remember sensing the presence of God and in my spirit I simply begin to say father whatever you're doing in this season I may not see it I may not understand it I may not be able to get my hands around it right now but father do not do it without me do not do it without us father let us be a part of what you're doing in this season thank you again for joining us for today's message My prayer is that it ministered to you and changed your life. If there is anything we can pray with you about, or if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, send us an email to info at citylifechurch.cc. We would love to invite you to be our guest at one of our campuses throughout Tampa for our Sunday service experience. You can find out our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download our app on your smartphone and tablets for more online messages and to stay up to date with everything happening at City Life. It was great having you with us today and we will see you next time.